Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Cheap Thrills. I'm your host, Etheria, and here's your top stories of the week. And now, here's your top stories in gaming. Oh, guys, hi. All right. I guess we should just jump into it. PlayStation. had the PlayStation 5 presentation, okay? And they sold off a couple of games. A lot, actually, but um, if I'm gonna be honest with you, God, this is really gonna sound like, okay, guys, I wanna preface this by saying this. It's gonna sound like I'm hating. I'm not. I am going to pick up a PS5. It's just, if I'm being honest with you, at this showcase, I didn't see anything that said, okay, we'll shoot, we'll shoot for this one. First thing first, the disc version is $4.99. The discless version is $400. I'm going to come out and say this because of how it was presented in the presentation because as you're listening to this now, the hype and everything, especially when it did with Xbox and whatnot, but we're going to get all into that. I believe that there was something foul at play with this showcase. And with that announcement, I believe that I'm happy for these prices. Do not get me wrong. But I believe without a shadow of doubt, I don't believe that those are the original prices. I'm sorry. I just don't believe it. And the reason why I do not believe that those was the original price, because remember, was it like last week? When they announced their prices, and here come down with these prices, mm-mm. I don't believe that that was their prices. Furthermore, they didn't even talk about it at the end. Those numbers, that $500 and $400, would, at the very end, the, um, what is his name? I forgot his last name. But the guy who came out at the end. Um, he didn't even mention the $400 and $500 price range. That went to show me that that wasn't the price. They did that to compete, and that's within their right. I want to give them that. That's within their right. But I don't believe that that was the prices. Who, there's going to be some things... There are going to be some things that follow behind this one air, and I'm going to I'm going to explain to you why. 
First thing first, let's talk about the first game that was shown. The new Final Fantasy 16, which was, they were open and honest, saying that it was running on PC. This is going to come to the PC, and it's also going to come to the PlayStation 5. No one is not knocking it. I thought it was beautiful. I like that they're going in the direction of more fantasy and not modern. Because when I think Final Fantasy, I like to think of a fantasy world. But in this, it seems to be people, humans, who have these I don't want to say this. Um, these crystals that they are born with, and with these crystals, there comes these, you know, these spirits. The Phoenix, Ifrit, those are mostly the ones that were shown. Shiva, she was also shown as well. And I guess... It's those, it's, it's a war who's going to come out on top. It was a very beautiful trailer and I am intrigued. The second game that was shown was the Hogwarts Legacy. Now this game has been in development for a long time ago a long time ago and now they're talking about it when I first saw it now a lot of people this is what I'm surprised about and I'm not bringing politics in it but seriously guys I like it but when I looked at it I was like okay I am a huge Harry Potter fan. Huge. Huge. And I'm not saying that I do not like this game. I think this game is a wonderful idea. Am I picking it up? No. Would I pick up a PlayStation 5 for it? No. Now, a lot of people was going around here talking about, oh, this is, this is, um... This is incredible. This is, um, this is what we want. And I was like, you guys didn't even follow the, the original games. You didn't go out in droves and bought this game for the original console when it first came out. So why, where, why are you guys talking about this now? I don't know. Um, but that game comes out in 2021 and it would be on all platforms if you like it I love it of course they were going to mention um Miles Morales beautiful game when I saw that game play that demo I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, PS5, I'm looking at you, okay, PS5, I'm looking at you, 
the mechanics to this gameplay are similar to the first one, but I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's better. It's better, if you ask me. I think that it was more in-depth, and there's just more. Like, it looks spectacular running on a PS5. That will be a launch game. We'll get into that in the next. Um, something with destruction. Hold on. Destruction All-Star. That's coming out. That's a launch game. Uh, Demon Souls. And I'm... Look, I'm sure Destruction All-Stars could very well be fun, but I passed it over just like they did. Demon Souls, which is a PlayStation exclusive for now. And I don't care that they said it's exclusive. That's a, that's a PS5 game exclusive for now it looks gorgeous it it runs lovely I'm excited to play it I'm excited to play it um that's a launch game they first said it was in the launch window, but I think it's a launch game. Then you got Deathloop, which showed off. That's interesting. Um, they showed a little bit. They told a little bit more, and a lot of people got to understand. Because remember when they did the last showcase? That it was like, okay, this is what this is. And people were like, okay, this looks interesting. But the message got lost, like with the mechanics of it. But now I get it. Now I get it. It's like, okay, you have these assassins who are trying to murder each other. But in order to do it properly, you have to have it. Like, you have to bring them all in the same place, in the same loop, so that you may be able to break said loop. It's interesting. But... You have to do all of these objectives. You have to clear all of these objectives that will then put these assassins in one place. And that is a challenge unto itself. So that's interesting. Um, that will be coming in 2021. Um, you know, of course, CD... Project Red, Cyberpunk 2077 is going to be there. Um, Sockboy, that's going to be there. Um, <clears throat> they showed off Call of Duty. You know how I feel about Call of Duty. 
if you've seen one, you've seen them all, if you like one, then you like them, then you love this one. Um, bus snacks. I'm surprised that that's not a launch game. But I think, yeah, a couple of months ago, they did say that they were holding back on that. Um, Devil May Cry Special Edition is coming um, to both the PS5 and the Xbox Series. Borderlands 3. A lot of um, backwards, a lot of this gen is coming there. Um, and God of War. They showed that they, that game is coming out in 2021. And everybody in their mama knows that game ain't coming out in 2021. That game is coming out late 2022. Because in these times. In these time. So let's get into the nitty gritty to all of this. <sighs> PlayStation You stumbled this. You stumbled this launch. And if I'm being honest with you guys, here's the thing. All the smoke that Xbox Series X, Series S, their management, their messaging, all the smoke that they got... Somehow disappeared when it came to Sony. Number one, Sony came out and told us that there would be ample time to pre-order this game in advance. Not in advance, but the notification you would get this plenty of time. This is why I was trying to tell you guys that this presentation, this showcase, I'm not lying when I tell you this, that $400 and $500 was not the case. That was not the case. After this presentation, they went to Twitter Jeff Keeley was the one who was the PR person who was getting fed the information from Sony to give to the masses. The press, the, the, the PlayStation pre-orders went off, was supposed to go off the next day. The pre-orders open up two hours after the presentation. And they were gone like that. Best Buy, Target, 
and the like. All of theirs was so overwhelmed that they shut down the sites. You lied about you lied about the pre-order time. The people who got the the, in, the invitation, I got one. I got one. You remember I was talking about a couple of weeks ago when I said that I got an email from Sony saying that you know what you can register to um to get a pre-order if you do all this. I did all that. As a matter of fact, I got one. I was going to get the digital one for $400. Guess what I did? I just sent it away. And I know you're like, what? I turned it away. And the reason why I turned it away, as I stated in the beginning, there was nothing on that presentation to me that warranted that money. And this is not to say that what place I mean what Xbox is doing is even doing that. Cause <clears throat> Xbox is not even giving me what I want. I know PlayStation is gonna do wonderful. But at the moment I'm not going. I'm not shooting. The pre-orders was a debacle. The people missed out. And then people was creating bots to get these systems. And go on eBay and they had their receipts posted and they're doubling the price. This is your fault, Sonny. This was a rush to try to under undermine what Microsoft just did. Microsoft already stumbled with their message out. Their stuff got linked. But they handled it well. They went with it and they dove all in. And since, and I know it's all competitive. I know you're trying to get the mind share of everything. But this is not how you do it. The second thing that happened is here comes them talking about all this year, this whole year. They were talking about the Horizon Zero Dawn game. They were talking about the Miles Morales game. That they're not talking about the PS4. And they're not talking about the Xbox. I mean the three, the PS3. And they're not talking about all of that past generation stuff. They're trying to move forward. All the time, Miles Morales is coming out on the PS4. The Horizon game is coming out on the PS4. They knew this years back. Now, I get 
that they were going around here trying to promote this PS5. They should have just said that yes, it's coming on the PS4, but you get a better experience here on the PS5. They didn't go with that message. No, for that whole year, they went off and told people that this is the PlayStation 5 exclusive. That we're moving forward with the PS5 games. We're not thinking about PS4 games. Mind you, that system is still going to be supported four years um, out. Y'all remember when y'all was talking about? Well, not y'all, but you remember when they was talking about? Oh, Xbox ain't got no Xbox ain't got no games and whatnot and stuff like that. That they they got two years of development plan. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. At least Microsoft was upfront with theirs. At least they told you flat out. They was like, look, you're not going to be getting a lot of stuff from us, first parties. And two years out. So they came up with a financial plan to where you can get in, have the system, be paying the system off. Why are you playing the PS5 if you want to? But you can have this system because when they come, they're going to come hard. But their message was clear. The message was clear. Sony lied. Flat out lied. When I discovered, and mind you, during this whole showcase, not once, even when they had the, the name, not once saying it was coming to the PS4. Not once. And I'm talking about um the Miles Morales game. This came out the whole all of this came out after the presentation. On its block. Saying that all those games are coming out on a PS4. Why I, I looked at it and I said why buy a PS5? Why buy a PS5? For what? I can play Spider-Man Miles Morales on the PS4. Because again, even though the, the graphics looks beautiful and I'm not a graphics whore. In some cases, but I'm not a graphics whore. I like it for the story. I want to see what the story is about. So I can wait. I can wait. I don't like how a lot of journalists, these talking heads, and I'm gonna say it, you PlayStation fanboys, I don't like how y'all went off and went after Xbox about their messaging. When in fact, Sony is the exact same thing, if not worse. That, that, that PlayStation Plus collection. Oh, we'll give you all the games that you're supposed to have been playing on the Plus anyway. Oh, that's our gift to you. What? What? Wait a minute, are you optimizing this? Are you trying to push this, like, this, this game to look even better on the PS5? No. For what? We already got your money. And 
yes, it was Sony. It was Sony who was like, um, sweetheart, this is gonna be all, all our games, all PS5 games are gonna cost $70. All their games are gonna cost $70. But y'all knew that, right? Y'all knew that. <laughs> but the joke was, everyone was like, um, don't tell Nintendo. But Nintendo number's not gonna do that, I don't think. Here's the thing. PlayStation, the messaging that came out from this presentation was a line. Your hard marketing scheme was a line. And yes, you're selling out. No one ain't knocking that. But your pre-orders was a debacle. You did not give people time to gather this up. This leaked out. And I can't hold Sony accountable for what those big brand department stores leaked out on their website. But that's how you know. That is how you know that this whole messaging thing was just, this was overnight. This was reactionary. This was not thought out. This was reactionary. I truly believe that Sony did not know that the Series X and the Series S was going to be $500 and $300. I truly believe they didn't know. I knew. I believe that they knew that those systems existed, but those prices, they didn't know. And you want to know why you know they didn't know? I said because, um... The PS5, the digital version, could have went to 300. That could have went to 300. If they was really trying to compete, that could have went to 300. The fact that that was only $100 short, the fact that that was only $100 less, goes to tell you that that was not the original price. I'm telling you guys that that system was going to cost $600 and $500. But there was no way in hell that Sony was going to let them get off with that much of a, um, much of that bargain. Um, the pre-orders, hopefully they'll get more in stock. Oh, mind you, let me tell you guys when this game comes out. Because you know it comes out on the 12th. On a Thursday, November 12th. And, um, and I'll be there, guys. I did not enjoy the um, showcase. And I didn't like the, um, I didn't like, um, 
I didn't like um I didn't like the messaging. And for that alone, that alone means to me that's why I was like I'm not I'm not giving them that money. I'm not giving them that money. Not giving them my money. I believe that these new systems will shine two years out. Right now, I'm going with the S. I'm going with the Series S. Because there's nothing from either game that is, either system that is screaming, get the more powerful one. And that's just my take on it. Now. Let's get into this Nintendo Mini Direct. This came a day after, mind you. This was announced like at 12 o'clock or 1 o'clock in the morning. It's funny. Um... first game that was shown was Monster Hunter Rise. Now, I bought a couple of Monster Hunters games and I'm going to be honest with you guys, I really didn't understand it until I played Dauntless. When I played Dauntless, then I got Monster Hunter. I was like, oh, this is it. This is how you play Monster Hunter. I don't know why. Monster Hunter didn't click with me because I didn't understand it. But playing Dauntless made me a fan of Monster Hunter. Um, Monster Hunter Rise will be coming to the Nintendo Switch March 26, 2021. Now, we'll be featuring Uh, a grappling hook system, which is named Wirebugs. It's going to have a, a different approach on how you play Monster Hunter. Like everything is a little, everything is still there. It's like still Monster Hunter, but I think the mechanics are going to be different, and it's going to be more. Direct action adventure as opposed to the traditional way how they did it. It looks interesting and it looked beautiful running on the switch. So I'm gonna give it a I'm gonna give it a try. And then Monster Hunter Stories Wings of Ruin 2. Monster Hunter Stories 2. Wings of Ruin was announced. <clears throat> and that one. And that one will be coming um, summer 2021. Uh, it's a new story. And they mentioned that there's gonna be some compatibility 
with the two games. So I'm interested to see how that, you know, works out. I'm just going to get the rise. I'm not even thinking about the second one. Um, the stories. Um, fitness Boxing 2. Where am I even know That was the first one. Um, <laughs> that's going to be coming December 4th. Um, the Sega. The Saiga. Is that how you play the Sega or the Saiga? 6. The Finds of Destinies will be coming exclusively to the Nintendo Switch Summer 2021 if you played 5. Which, the 5 complete will be available for um, Nintendo Online. If you have that, you can play it. It's going to be available for a week. That will be starting September 23rd through the 29th. Being on Wonderworld, it seems weird. It just seems so weird. Um, I'm only going to read this one from Nintendo's personal account because I... I... Uh, <clears throat> Embark on a wondrous adventure in this new game from, from the legendary creator Yugi Yaka and Nyoto Omosha done over 80 concepts, not 80 concepts, but 80 costumes and wield a variety of abilities across 12 dreamlike stages. And this will be available March 26, 2021. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm not even considering buying it. But, it'll be a nice game to play for your, your kid. Um, Room Factory 5 will be released 2021. I believe that game's going to get um, delayed because it did not look good. It just did not look good. Um, there was a couple of shadow drops. The long dark in Hades that arrived that same day. I bought Hades, and and Ori, World of the Wisps. That. That shocked me. That shocked me. And they're also bringing out a collection, a collector box. It's a glow-in-the-dark box. Oh my gosh. And it looked beautiful. I bought it. I bought it that day. It's, I like Ori. I like that game. I think it's beautiful. It was running at 60 frames per second. They they optimized that game. They actually came out and said, we optimized the shit out of that game. But, that was a shock. But everybody was, like, happy to see. Monster Hunter. I mean, you guys had to have known that Monster Hunter, yes, Monster Hunter World was amazing. It is amazing. But you 
guys had to have known that they were going to bring that out on the Nintendo Switch, a new game. It's not that far-fetched, I don't believe. But, it's here, and I'm looking forward to it. And that was pretty much all the Nintendo news. It's still, they're still coming out with rumors that that, that new console is coming out. Because they shared a little, um, a presentation slide, um, talking about, you know, the upcoming Nintendo projects. And I keep telling you guys that that's just going to come out sooner than you think. The new one, the more beefier Switch, um, that's going to come out. Oh, in the RTX game. The RTX um, game card, they pre-orders went out like that. Went out like that. That went out faster than the um, PS5. And it, because people, they discovered that people um, were using bots. And scalpers, and so then they, they they posted it on their eBay account, and they quadruple or double the price. So people are down, you know. They're selling their their review bombing said sellers so that they don't sell that 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 comes they don't sell those cars and when I tell you that these bots went and bought these games these game cards not one but ten at a time for one person it's sad it's sad it's capitalism at its worst Um, that's pretty much everything that's going on in the gaming news this week. Um, this next couple of weeks, next week, the pre-orders come out for the Xbox Series S and X. That will be on the 22nd. They have the times available for when they open. My suggestion to you is just to be on the preferred site that you want to be on and be ready to, to, to sell that system. I mean, to get that system, not to sell it, but to, to buy the system. I know that's where I would be come the 22nd. I am not doing anything early in the morning. I will be there. I will be there two hours early just to catch it. And um, we'll move on to the next segment. And those are your top stories in gaming.
And now, here's your top stories in pop culture. Um, there wasn't a really lot that was going on, but we're going to talk about some things that struck interesting to me. Um, first off, let's just say, Cardi B and Offset filed for divorce. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that she's going through it. The both of them are going through it. Um, she's she's emotional. He's emotional. It's it's bad for everyone involved. She um she was she was gonna be petty. <laughs> she was gonna be petty. But I think that, you know, once she was able to, you know, collect herself, she was like, no, she doesn't want spousal support from him. She she does want custody of the child culture, uh, the baby girl. But I think it was some things that I think that she was just, I believe that she was fed up. And here's the thing, I truly believe that Offset not only loves her, I think he still is in love with Cardi B. I think that they love each other, but I think that what happened is that this wasn't at the right time for them. And what I mean by that is, is that Offset needs to go out and explore. Cardi B needs to go out and explore. They need to go out and they need to experience life they jumped into this relationship with high hopes but reality hit them and it's they're young and they want to they want to see what happens this is what I'm talking about this is what I was like give yourself easy because they've been together for three years and that's why I say give yourself two to three years before you have a child so that you can figure out whether or not if this is the person who you want to see yourself with because things happen particularly relationships um the real person starts to come to surface two years and and you may not like it because in the first good year it's it's just glorious it's beautiful it's new after the first it's it's a job after the second year it's a it's a job you have to work at a relationship hopefully they will sort it through I'm sure that they will. And, um, I'll just move on because it's sad. A lot of people are like, girl, I told you so. And I'm like, girl, this is not the time. She's, she's not, don't, don't kick somebody when they're down. Um, but let's go into this, um, Joe Button and Charlemagne and Andrew Schultz and Akash. Fiasco on the mall and Roy too. 
So last week, Charlamagne Gard, who is a radio personality, podcaster, producer, he does a lot of stuff. And his good friend, Joe Button, who is a podcaster, uh, a rapper, producer, he has a lot of titles to his belt. Um, Joe Button went to, on his podcast to share with the world what happened between him and Spotify. And I think he was quite clear. I somewhat, no, I kind of agree with him because, yes, no one is not saying that podcasting was not popping. But as far as putting Spotify on the map, you got to give that to Joe Button. You got to give it to him. Joe Button, when that deal was announced that he was going to be playing exclusively on Spotify, people were happy, but people were like skeptical. Andrew Schultz was one of them. Andrew Schultz is a comedian, and he's also a podcaster along with Brilliant Idiots with Charlemagne the God. And he also has his own podcast, which is Fragrant 2 with Akash. So, Joe Button goes on and he tells the world what happened with that deal. Mind you, after Spotify acquired Joe Rogan, the breakdown of Joe Button and Spotify relationship came out and Joe Button walked away which was within his right but there was this narrative that he wanted to get in front of before it happened and he shared that on his podcast now mind you Andrew Schultz I mean Charlemagne the God and Andrew Schultz on the Burning Idiots. They had this conversation about what happened, speculations, hearsay, whatever. But Andrew Schultz ran onto his podcast and with a cash scene, he completely. misinformed his listeners on how that deal went down. Andrew Schultz did not know. Andrew Schultz was not in the room. Akash was not in the room. It was all hearsay, but they went on their, their podcast and reported it as fact. I heard it. I listened. And you got to understand, Fragrant 2 is... It's comedians who have a take on it and they... How do I say this? They, they, um, they have a take on a topic. And 
they're not coming with facts, but they they tell it in a way as to where they their listeners would take it as fact. Now, in this time, especially of information, even though it is widely available to everyone involved, you're, you can get lost in the weeds. Now, they spent at least 20 minutes talking about this deal all by hearsay. And yes, it was in jest. I will give them that. It was in jest. But their listeners ran off and came at Joe as if it was real. Joe Button sat. And he wanted to have a conversation with Charlemagne, who was also Andrew's friend. And that conversation apparently happened. Mind you, Charlemagne just got a huge deal with iHeartRadio and he has a, a, a podcast network now. And he went, this is Charlemagne. Charlemagne went on his platform, The Brilliant Idiots, with Andrew Schultz. And kind of was like shooting, you know, subliminals at Joe on how to conduct business. Well, Joe came back on his podcast and which he owned because this is quite important. And he had some things to say. And he went at Charlemagne, but he went in on Andrew Schultz and Akash Singh because he was right. You guys went to your platform, and even though you were joking, you went and talked about some things that you was not privy to or let alone you didn't know nothing about. And then he really spent the tea on how he was trying to enlighten podcasters new and old to say, hey, this is how I'm doing my business over here. You do whatever it is you got to do. I'm not saying that you can do I'm not saying nothing. Do what you have to do. However, this is how I am conducting my business. This is what Spotify tried to do in order to hinder my experience. Not my experience, but with my ideas on how I want to move forward with my podcast. And since they was not on board with it, this is what happened. But see, here's the thing. From what I gathered is is that Spotify, first of all, Joe Rogan owns all of his um, podcasts and his uh, affiliates and whatever that's tied to that podcast. What Spotify 
Gordon Joe wanted to do was they wanted to undercut Joe, Joe Button. And then they said, well, we want to own some of your stuff. And Joe Button was like, I'm not trying to hear that because the fact of it is, is that you spent a hundred plus million to get Joe Rogan, but you can't, you know, you can't give us a little bit more money. And I see what Joe was coming from because like I said earlier, Joe Button, as far as Spotify and podcasting, he signed the light. He was telling people when he and Spotify partner up because Joe Button podcast isn't a joke. It it has a following. But it so it, it legitimized Spotify. And so he built that up for two years. All of these deals started coming from, from Spotify. And they were like, well, when it came down to negotiation, he was like, I legitimized you for being a podcasting hub. I want my cut. And Spotify was like, well, we got what we wanted, which was Joe Rogan and Michelle Obama and the like. And so now that they got these people, the person who helped them, not help them acquire them, but helped legitimize them to be a said platform, he gets nothing. So to simplify this is this. This is the way I feel like this worked out. Spotify didn't have a podcasting plan. They didn't have a platform. Yes, my podcast, this podcast here, could be streamed on Spotify. But I'm no one. Joe Button was huge. Joe Button could have went anywhere, but what he what he did was he created a lane for Spotify, and they've been doing this for two years. And when it when um when they started to you know they they're in they're in now. So I legitimized you. For two years, and even though that was not part of my deal, I can agree with you on that. That was not part of his deal. But you would think, you would think Spotify, who acquired Joe Rogan for a hundred plus million dollars, was like, okay, we're not going to give you a pay raise, but we can offer you stock. Which I'm sure that's what Joe was looking for. And since they couldn't get that, Joe was like, fine. I'm not going to be mad. Though he was. I'm not going to be mad, but I'm going to walk away with all of my, with my integrity. And I'm also owning my podcast. End of discussion. That's the end of the Joe button in Spotify 
section there. God, we're going on for a long time, but it's interesting. So now Charlemagne the God, he became um, owner, not owner, 50% owner of a podcasting network in which he himself is building for iHeartRadio. So now Charlemagne the God is now becoming a workhorse, but thinking that he's better than Joe because he he owns 50%. No. Joe is trying to tell Charlemagne the God, hey, you can do this on your own. You don't need iHeartRadio. What iHeartRadio is doing is exploiting you. You're going to bring in 12 other black voices, which everyone needs, or a lot of people need. But what you're doing is you're helping them to create a lane. And when you come up, and when that lane become legitimized, they're going to toss you and those 12 other people to the side. So, here's the thing. Next year, when it comes to negotiations don't ask for more money ask for stock options that way that you can do they they own their property and the podcasts that these guys are doing with you that they own the revenue which comes to their podcasting instead of you asking for 50 ask for a hundred so, that's what Joe Button was trying to tell Charlemagne the God. Andrew jumped in. Him and Akash jumped in after the fact because he didn't like the way that he was being called out. Andrew and Akash. No one is not speculating on how you do your deals. You do what you have to do. What you cannot do is you cannot go around here and smear campaign somebody who values themselves, especially if they're a person of color. What Joe Button did was he told how these corporations work and how he valued himself. And so it was a jokey matter from Andrew Schultz and Akash. You didn't like that. You didn't like that. You didn't like that he called you out on being part of that smear campaign. It was almost as if to say, who is this uppity N-word who thinks that they have the right to demand more about themselves when in fact they do because I can guarantee when y'all go into these rooms y'all be bringing everyone in day mama to make sure you get the best deal possible Spotify and Joe Button deal fell apart they walked away there was a smear campaign but Joe handled it he took it on the chin But you added to that 
for no reason. It was interesting. It was interesting. And I'm, I'm looking forward to see what happens afterwards. I'm really am. Because... I know, I know it's becoming a millionaire, becoming all of this stuff is simply easily, but you have to sacrifice something. Joe Biden has integrity and he wants the best for Charlemagne. He wants Charlemagne to be at his best. He's like, dude, you build iHeart. Charlemagne the God literally built the Breakfast Club for 10 years. After 10 years, remember Michael Scott? He was like, after 14 years, after 14 years or 10 years working with the company, you should be owning some stock in that company. I'm sorry, you shouldn't be a lowly, um, and he's a Hall of Famer, Radio Hall of Famer. Dude, know your worth. Know your worth. That, the Breakfast Club will literally come to a halt if Charlemagne left. That's power. So, Joe Biden was right. And Andrew Schultz and Akash, even though y'all try to be comedian, try to be cute and stuff like that, but you shouldn't have stuck your, you shouldn't have stuck your two cents in there. That was none of your business. Let alone no one asked. But you know what you are. You know what you are. You antagonizers. Your podcast is very successful. I'll even I even listen to it. But come on. Come on. We know what happened. Because you know what? I said it to me in this podcast. Fragment 2 was Cass' idea. And when Cass realized this was the third person that was the, 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 the person who spearheaded this podcast. Um, so because they stopped talking about sports and start going up into hot topics, Cass left. Cass got out of it, but I know Cass got out of it with um, something because I know that podcast is making money for Cass. I know that because he spearhead, he helped spearhead it. Now that's what I know. So keep it cute. Um, what else happened this week? Um, Odell Beckham Jr. talked about, he talked about it. <laughs> he talked about that that lady in that scandal and he laughed about it I believe that he 
he does stuff like that, and it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, it is what it is. I think that he's trying to spin it to his favor. But if you really want to make an impact, I'm like, dude, I don't want you to own it, but I also don't want you to, um, to try to skew it in a way where it's like, I don't, I, I don't know how to feel about it. Because at the end of the day, um, Odell, if that's what you're into, Stop allowing people to take something that you like and making it yucky. Own it. If you own it, they can't use it against you. Gosh, there's really not that much going on. Oh, Kanye West. Going back to the music industry. Kanye West went on Twitter with a rant. Anyway, talking about that he wants to get out of his um his contract with Universal and how that contract is, you know, is not a good one and whatnot. I was like, dude, dude. Now, mind you, you remember that that um his I don't even know what to call it. It's not a record brand, but it's like good music. It's his, and he brought like several artists to good music good music that's his record label small little record label he tried to sell that to the very people who he is complaining about who's not trying to give him his masters so it's the same thing remember when I was talking about how Charlemagne brought all of those people onto his network and it's like you brought all these artists onto this platform only to sell them to a bigger one to make you a millionaire. It's insane. So, the reason why I'm not even trying to listen to Kanye West, wasn't it once last week you were talking about that slavery was a choice? Uh, see, you go around here and you talk all your stuff, especially when it comes to political, and then you go in here and you cut and undermine black people, but as soon as you need help to amplify your voice, now all of a sudden you want to go and holler at black people to, to, to lift you up. Dude, it is what it is. Walk away. You are powerful enough to walk away from it all. You are powerful enough to walk away from it all. And I don't like how the sexism went involved because soon as he started complaining about that, they was like, oh my gosh, Kanye West is a go. And you know how much I hate being in support of Taylor Swift. But when Taylor Swift did it, it was. A, I think I said the same thing. I was like, "Girl, you better learn how to, you know, master your, you own your masters." But now I see the duplicity to both of that. It's wrong. And yes, the music industry 
screwed both parties. But moving forward, as I'm sure Taylor Swift and Kanye West will do, is that they will come off like owning your stuff. You would think, instead of them running on Twitter, that there are plenty of people, plenty of artists, that they know well enough who acquired their their masters who are still alive to this day. I don't know. I agree with Charlamagne. Holler at them. Don't go to Twitter. Don't go to Facebook. Don't go to Instagram. Go to the people who you, who's your peers who own their masters and be like, I want to own my master. How did you do it? Who's the lawyer? You're gonna have to pay that. You're gonna have to play, pay that pretty penny. But in the long run, if you really care about it, own your stuff. Own your stuff. And I guess that's it for pop culture. And those are your top stories in pop culture. It looks like we're coming to the end of another great episode here on Cheat Drills. I've been your host, Etheria, and I look forward to talking with you guys next week. If you'd like to reach us via email, you can contact us at cheatdrillspodcast01 at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at cheatdrillpodcast01. 